to the book of Hebrews this morning, our study of Hebrews. We'll be going to chapter 2. I liked a little bit of finishing chapter 1, but I'm going to try to incorporate it in this uh, second section as we go into the second chapter. The book of Hebrews is an interesting book, and to some it's a dull book. I used to think it was dull until I got involved in it and found out it's not as dull. Ain't none of God's word dull to the sense if you know a little bit about it, I can understand it. But when you can't comprehend it, not been there from time to time, from place to place in the Bible, couldn't comprehend it. That can discourage you, but uh, don't get hung up on it. You can't understand something. Just keep a truck trucking. Just keep a traveling. God will show you something later. You just you're not at the place to understand it. Now, if you God showed it to you, probably couldn't comprehend it because you got to learn some more before you get there. One day you open your eyes, wake up, you study, and then when you look at it, you say, oh, now I understand it, and go back and look at that other, and you say, oh, I see where these come together. Now, if you hadn't have found that last bit of information, you wouldn't know how to put it together. That's how the Bible is. It's, uh, it cannot be comprehended by the human mind. The Bible says it's spiritually discerned, and the Spirit of God, who is the author of the Word of God, the author has to tell you about his book. Right. Amen. The author of the Holy Spirit. He gives us that all holy men of old were spake. I mean, were moved as they were spoken to by the Spirit of the living God. And they pinned it down just like God wanted it. They didn't add to it and take away from it. They just pinned it down just like God wanted it. And so uh, you got to remember God's ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. We've got to be in the spiritual realm to understand the spiritual book. So I thank God this morning we can understand it. I'm amazed at what God can te- do with us and teach us if we'll just stay steadfast with it. Right. Even my problem and what, I, what I'm concerned about in, in, across the country, people that's uh, been in the Scriptures or been saved at least 10, 20 years, they are no more about the Bible and what to do. Right. Amen. I, and that, and you shouldn't never be down getting toward uh, the graveyard to finally start learning the Word of God. Seriously. And I see that all the time. People ask, and you know what's happened? We just haven't, we just haven't cashed in on getting in on what God wants us to have. We, some of us have been a little slow getting there. And uh, so it's hard to cram it at old age, ain't it? What is the old saying is? Can't, can't teach an old dog new tricks. Is that right? That's what they say. So it's hard to understand it when you... When you, part of your understanding's gone. <laughs> All right, that's all, I'll, I'll say. I won't say no more on that. All right, <laughs> chapter number two of the book of Hebrews. The Bible said in the first word of it, "Therefore." Now, when I read that, I thought, "Well, now, I think I'll just do a study on therefore and start on it." And I looked it up in my concordance. And is listed about twelve, thirteen hundred times, and I said, I think I'll change my mind. And I'll use it when I find it and come to it. One preacher said that when you see the word therefore in the Bible, you look to see why it's therefore. And when you see therefore, if you'll take this to heart and just use plain common sense, the Spirit of God will help you with this. Uh, therefore is usually a word put there that 
It means this, something similar to this. What you've just been told, what's just been revealed to you, what's just been preached to you, then he's starting something else. He said, therefore, in other words, therefore, now, since you've heard and know what has been spoken. So chapter two is starting that way this morning. And he said, now, and he's saying, therefore, that means what you've already had out of verse uh, chapter one is a carryover to chapter two. And uh, so that's the way I look at it. And uh, I didn't look up the word wherefore. I thought, well, I'll read the word. I'll look it up and do the therefores, and then I'll go get the wherefores. And uh, God changed my mind real quick. Because we wouldn't have got many of them today, and we wouldn't get nowhere. And that's a study by itself. Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. Now, I want to throw this in right at the head of this thing before I get ahead of it and don't say it. When he's saying this this morning, we ought to give a more earnest heed to the things which we have heard. It's not the things that we've heard in the world and by people that's of the world and just things out there. But it's the things of God he's talking about here. What we've heard from the Lord and from the Word and from the Bible, we ought to give more earnest heed to it. In other words, it don't matter what Dr. Bottle Stopper down the road says or, you know, somebody else or what some philosopher says or what some scientist says or what some geologist says just like these people that's talking about the uh, global warming thing and they're saying that uh, you know the temperatures are rising and the sea levels are rising y'all heard that of course it's been going on for a long time sea levels are rising and uh, I was uh, studying in this thing, got to looking at that, and I run across some people that are very serious. They've given their whole life to that. And they said, sea levels are rising in certain places. But as a whole all around, it's not even changed in the last 20, 30 years. He said, it's a plain hoax. They're just trying to scare you. Yeah. He said, And this man was a, Scientist, and he's been a, he's he's up in years, and he said, "I have told him and told him and told him over, proved it and proved it and proved it. Give all the statics or statistics, and later, as you said, no, you know what to do. They throw it to the side. And so he says here in Hebrews, we ought, we ought. That means very seriously. We ought to give it some thought, right?" We ought to give the more earnest heed. Earnest, I look at that, earnest, more earnest heed means we ought to give all the thought we can to what we've heard. That's why we don't need to take what somebody else says about it. I looked at that, and uh, you know, the Bible teaches us in the Word of God that if somebody brings an accusation against somebody to you, you shouldn't take that accusation. But it says you take that accusation 
at the mouth of two or three witnesses. You've got to have, and I'm not talking about hearsay. Somebody said, did you hear what somebody done? No. Uh, well, this is what they've done. And you take that and tell it to somebody else. Then you find out that that somebody had just told something, but it hadn't been established at two or three witnesses. Amen. And so you hear somebody talk about somebody in the church and say something about somebody in the church. Don't you take that for face value. If you don't know it for sure, don't take hearsay. You know, if you go to a court of law and you're on the stand and the judge asked, or not the judge, but the lawyer asked you, said, well, uh, he said this. And the lawyer says, well, just a minute, let me ask you, was you there? He said, no. Well, how do you know? He'd, he said, my buddy told me. He said, strike at, we don't take witnesses from here, we don't take hearsay. That's in the court of law. But God's people sometimes will take things just because they said it, we believe it. And that's not good. It's all right if it's on somebody else to you, but what if we're talking about you? It's wrong then, ain't it? Yeah. And you said, that's a lie. Well, amen, maybe. But so I'm saying here, the Lord's given us a starting in this verse. Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed. You know what heed is, don't you? Giving to it, uh, to believing it, to accepting it, to taking it in. To the things which we have heard. Now here he's talking about the word of God. Now here, since he said, therefore... I want to go back and look at it and see what it's there for. And I'm not going to go through the chapter one completely. We've been through that to some degree. But he's talking about God sundry times and in divers manners made in times past spoke to the fathers by the prophets. And these last days has spoken to us by his son. And so we've gone through that, that Christ is the head, not only the head, but the height, not only the height, but is made higher, amen, than all creation. Is none greater than Christ. That's what chapter 1 was all about, if you'll stop to think. Putting Christ at the highest, above the angels, above the prophets, above us all. Amen. Christ is the head of everything. The head of creation, the head of the world, everything. Amen. I appreciate all that. I got, got this little thought, and I thought I'd throw this in. We was talking, yeah, I was talking to uh, Brother Dwayne back there. Yesterday, you know, when you have problems with three things, what do you have trouble with more in this world? The world, the flesh, and the devil. Amen. Amen. Somebody said, Well, I'm being glad we can get on, get on, you know. Don't mumble all that stuff around. Just, just thank God. God's give you a promise. He done told us he's going to put the devil, amen, in the lake of fire. So we ain't going to have no devil. Amen. He's told us that he's going to create a new heaven and a new earth. And he's going to make all things new in the book of Revelation. We're going to have a new world. And then God tells us we're going to get a new body. So we're going to get a new body. So the three things that we're in problems with today, we won't have when, when the, this life's taken out. And after the rapture takes place, the world, the flesh, and the devil won't bother us because we'll be out of this world. 
and we'll have a new body. Amen. And uh, we won't have no devil in glory. So, hey, look, we got it. It's better. The best is yet to come, is it not? Right. It's a problem where you've ever put that together much there, but the world, the flesh, and the devil are the ways that we are uh, tempted, lust the eyes, lust the flesh, and the pride of life, those three things, and the world, the flesh, and the devil produces all that. All right. So he said, therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard and he tells us why. Lest or except at any time we should let them slip. If you don't give heed to the word of God, what's going to happen? You're going to let it slip. You know why our country's in such sin? You know why it's so turned upside down? You know why evil is everywhere? You know why the morals of America's gone? You want me to tell you why that people are so far down on the bottom and everything is only evil continuing like it was in the days of Noah. It is because we haven't heard. I mean, we've heard, but we've let it slip. If you let it slip, you don't obey it. If you let it slip, you let everything else take over. You know why the devil's in charge? You know why the world's in charge? You know why the flesh is in charge? Because we have let the words of God slip. And in this case, he's talking about Christ as being the head of everything. In chapter 1. Therefore, we should, in chapter 2, take heed to those things that we have heard, lest we let them slip. You know what happens when the word of God slips, don't you? That means you turn it loose. It means it slipped out of your hand. I want to tell you, the Word of God can hold you, but you can't hold the Word. That's the problem. Amen. Some people said, well, we just lost our salvation. Well, it's because I, and you say, why? And I said, they'll say, because I just couldn't hold on to the Lord. A lot of people are holding on to the Lord. Now, I'm not. There's a difference between holding to the Lord and trusting the Lord. I don't have my hands wrapped around Christ, but I sure do want his wrapped around me. Amen. Amen. You know what happens when, when I'm holding to him? I get tired. Something gets my attention. I'll slip. I'll let it loose. But I want you to know when he takes a hold of you, his hand is faithful. It's strong. He's not weak. Thank God he can hold me. So that's the reason Paul come along and said, I'm kept. By the power of God. And uh, if you're holding to the Lord, you're trying to keep yourself. You can't do it. Amen. Uh, I know I found out this much back yonder years ago, Brother Bill, when I was about your age. I could grab a hold of something. I could hang for a while. And I'm pretty stout. And uh, I've noticed now, you know these little drills? All of you got these little drills and you put screws in the wall with them and all everything, and if you've got good a good screwdriver and, and, and you know a bit in that thing, and you got a got a good sharp uh, screw, you're gonna put in there. You slide it up on it and go. But now, if you're running them big old three inch screws, you know what you got to do. You got to help that drill. What do you do? You put a little weight to it, and uh, if you don't, it's a. 
And I found out that I, I, I put them little short screws in, but I can't put them big ones in no more. And when I was Brother Bill's age, I could do it. Amen. I begin to think all my equipment's tore up. And I just ain't got the strength. So somewhere down the road, if you're holding on to the Lord, you're going to mess up. You're going to fail in it. But I'm glad he's got a hold of me. Amen. I like that old song, Something Got a Hold of Me. You heard that? I, I ain't heard that song in a long, long time, but I don't even know the rest of it. But it said, Something Got a Hold of Me. Praise God, I'm glad it did. Or he did. All right? And I'm going to tell you, I, somebody said, I got a hold of the Lord one day. Praise God. You didn't hang on to him long, did you? Amen. You got tired. If I'm holding him, I'll get tired. So he's saying here in the second chapter of the book of Hebrews, verse 1, that we ought, ought means positive, seriously. We ought to be serious-minded about the things of the Word of God. The Bible should be the most important thing in our life. Let me tell you something. I believe the Bible ought to be entered into everything you do. Did you know very seldom do we think about the Bible when we're doing things? You go out, so I'm going to plant me a garden. You go out there and don't even pray over the garden except when you drop the seed in. And you go out, everything, plowing it up, pulling the weeds out, putting that, throwing out the rocks, everything. Amen. Help, strength. You need to pray over it. Everything. I've, and I've, this is something that just bothers me, bothers me to the, I mean, to the fullest. Uh, I love going to eat. But there's one part I don't like, and that's when I go in and watch it. I've been doing this for several weeks, just watching it. In the last, the last six weeks, uh, I always ask God to bless the food. But you go into a restaurant, in the last six weeks, I've watched person after person, group after group, husbands and wives, and husbands and uh I mean, men and their daughters and men and their sons and men and their family, they'll come in, sit down at the table and just start eating. Some of them, many of them, a great deal of them are churchgoers on a regular basis. And they don't pray. I mean, I got more respect for somebody that does this stuff, and I don't for that either, but I... I'd say at least they got some kind of spiritual mind about them. But to sit down and uh, just about hear everything but a hog grunt and uh, open it up and boy here they'll start poking it in and won't even ask God to bless it. Amen. I bless my food when I'm at the house by myself. Nobody's, you don't know that, do you? You don't see me. But I bless my food. And uh, lots of times, uh, of course, you said they might do like I do, preacher. I'm just silent with it. I just say, Lord, bless what I eat. Amen. And uh, I know you've done it. We've all done that. But I'll tell you, and, and, I, and I disagree with this too. Have you ever been to a restaurant? Here comes a church group. There's 25 or 30 of them. And the pastor gets over there and he says, Father, we thank you today for the wonderful time we've got to come and eat the table. You know, that's putting on a show. I don't like that either. Amen. You understand what I'm saying? We just take everything uh, 
wrong sometimes. You say, well, you're just too picky. Maybe. But it bothers me to see a bunch of people sit down. God's blessed them. God put money in their pocket to buy the food. They've been able to go out and sit down with their family. It should be a real challenge. It should be a real blessed thing. And uh, what are you doing to your children when you don't bless what God's given you? Are you not thankful for it? Did you know what? God can cut off my funds today and I'll never be able to buy another bite of food. God's got that right. God could touch my old body in some manner that I couldn't eat another meal the rest of my life. And then I'd have the rest of my life to think about the times I didn't thank Him for the times I did have something to eat. You understand what I'm saying? So He's saying here, and this is plain, I believe the Bible ought to be in everything. Praise God. We ought to, when we get on the road, amen, I, I usually wish myself a prayer. And I say it out loud. Lord, you know where I'm going. Because, amen, God knows where I'm going. I don't go mean, I don't sneak off on God. If y'all think you have, I got news for you. Amen. Uh, you, you can head in the direction. He knows about where you're going. Well, I know he knows where you're going. Because he knows all things. Amen. And before you pull off the churchyard here today, before you pull out that main highway, even before then, you ought to say, God, direct this old vehicle, help me. Said, All them little silly things, that ain't so silly. That's living under the authority of the Word of God and letting God control your life. Said, they just things God already knows, and He knows to bless me. <laughs> ain't that right? I believe we ought to thank Him. I believe we ought to keep him in mind. Amen. I believe we ought to pray. Yeah, you got something to say? There you go. That's right. Yep. Amen. That's it. Amen. And I believe that's what I believe everything we do. You ladies, you're going to cook something. You're going to say, now, Lord, help me. Don't let me get burnt. Let me fix something. Show me what to do and how to do. Well, Lord, I know how to cook. Amen. Have you ever messed up in a meal? You know how to cook it before you started, didn't you? Some of it. Yeah. Amen. I pray over everything. I believe that's what we ought to do. Uh, you hear me at the house, I be I, I sound like an idiot. Matter of fact, a few times I thought I was. Amen. Don't nobody say amen right there. But anyhow, therefore, we ought to give the, give the more earnest heed. The more, we ought to give more earnest heed to this than anything else is what the writer's saying. The world's going to take care of itself. The devil will take care of himself. People around you, all that stuff, what's out there is going to happen and they go, it's going to it's take care of itself. But we need to recognize, we need to not, as what he said, acknowledge the Lord in all things. We need to acknowledge him. Praise God. One of the things that I have a problem with, now I'm just talking to you, I'm not, this is not preaching to you, I'm not preaching down on nobody. Because I'm using myself and here's an example. But there's been so many times in my life that God's done things 
And, and I'd say, thank you, Lord, under my breath, and I may speak it out. But that's about all I do. And sometimes, and, and, and the Lord, I guess, I, I know he hears it. But have anybody done anything for you? And I'm one of the world's worst of saying thank you. Sometimes people do things for me, and after I away from them, hadn't seen them, I mean, I'm gone, and things happen, and I'm thinking about what has happened, and sometimes good things has happened, and then I say, you know, I didn't even say thank you to them. Have you ever done that? I don't mean to do that. Sometimes you people do things here at this church, and I don't say anything about it. My wife used to remind me a lot of times, you're not around to do that now, but back yonder she'd say, you know, you need to recognize them. And, of course, I'd get her back at once in a while, and I'd say, you need to recognize them. <laughs> you know, we're all that way. We're, we're made out of the same old junk, same old flesh, same old mud. Well, it might have been a different mud puddle, but amen. we made out of the dust of the ground originally. But I'm saying to you this morning as I'm standing before you, one of the hard things to do is give thanks for people helping you. And uh, the more you'll give thanks to God, the more you'll give thanks to people because you see the need. Of it. So we need to exercise our faith in the Lord and, and always try to keep our thanks coming forth. I don't want to sound, sound like a, I'm somebody that deserves anything. I don't deserve anything. You don't either. But sometimes you give people something and, and you look back and you say, they don't, I don't reckon they appreciated that or nothing. You've said that too down through the years. But uh, we don't deserve anything. We deserve to be in hell yeah. right. with no hope whatsoever. But God's grace has fixed that. I've never done enough to get salvation. I've never uh, had enough to even buy it if you could buy it. So it's a free gift of God, and I'm grateful to God for that. And I ought to praise Him the rest of my days, just like you. His praise should be uttered from our lips constantly. That basically is what the writer is trying to tell us in this chapter. What's he talking about? He's talking about Christ as the head of everything. He's the creator. He's above the prophets. He's above the angels. He's above creation because He created the creation. He's above the stars and the moon and the sun. He's the creator of all those. And we need to recognize that and thank him for it. Uh, sometimes, and I've done it, not enough, not often enough, but every now and once in a while I'll do it. Not as much as I should, even when I do it. But I get down and say, thank you, Lord, for dying for me. Thank you, Father, for sending your Son. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for presenting Christ to me through the preaching of the Word of God. Thank you for pricking my heart. Thank you for convicting me of my sin. Thank you for letting me see and opening my blind eyes that I could see the truth. And you can just keep on. Brother, after a while you get doing, you, it'll, you, your heart gets broken and uh, that's a good place to be. It really is. 
We're going to talk about that a little bit more in a different manner uh, in the message this morning, not on this subject, but uh, in, uh, you know, getting close to the Lord. And that's what we need. I need His presence. The Lord don't need me. Have you ever thought about that? He don't need me. He don't need you. They were doing things I'm doing before I ever got here. God had somebody else doing it. When I'm gone, somebody else will be doing what I'm doing. May do a better job. Hope they do. Understand. But right now, we're at the place and we need to just be grateful and thankful for what God's done. I'm an old wretch headed to hell. I'm a born again believer headed to glory. And I'm glad that I know that this morning. And I like to get into these things. So when the writer's telling us that we need to give more earnest heed to what we've heard, he's referring back to that first chapter because that's what I believe that therefore is. It's a conjunction to tying what we've heard to what we're hearing. And so he just keeps it going. So now in verse number two, I could stay on verse one for a while, but it's hard to get off of some of these things when God's blessing. Verse 2 said, For if the Word, now we know what the Word is, the living Bible, and I'm not talking about a, a translation either. For if the Word spoken by angels was steadfast, do you believe it was? The Word spoken by angels was steadfast. What's steadfast? Unmovable, unchangeable, undestructible. The words, he said, for if the words spoken by angels were steadfast and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of a reward. And I do, I believe that's what's going to happen. What has not been uh, rewarded will be rewarded. All our deeds will be judged. And as appointed unto men once die, then the judgment, and after this, the judgment, he says. So we're going to be judged. Some of us are judged of certain things we do while we're here, if we, especially if we've done them intentionally. One of the things God has problem with us is, and we don't really pay much attention, is we continually sin knowing it's wrong. If you have been doing things, say, for 20 years, and you didn't know it was real sin. The Holy Spirit hadn't told you. Of course, I don't believe you go that long without the Holy Spirit telling you. But when the Lord tells you something is wrong and you don't correct that, the Lord will give you a space of time, but he will judge that. Those are the things that he judges before we get out of this world. Other things we're going to be judged for when we get on the other side. The deeds done in our body, whether they be good or bad, will be judged on the other side. Uh, I can kind of explain it to you like this. Uh, sometimes uh, we commit sin and we might not know it was sin at the time. There's been a lot of that. I had to learn a lot of things, but one day God, well, I had a little, maybe a, a, a drawback and a feeling. Have you ever done something and you wondered if that was wrong? Have you ever wondered if maybe I shouldn't have done that? Now, answer me in your heart, not to me. And I know today you have. When I got saved, I didn't know what was right and what was wrong. 
But from that day forward, when God saved me, things I'd done began to be strange. Things I'd always done. I couldn't go back to the things I was doing. A lot of things I knew was wrong, wrong, wrong. I'll just give you an instance. There's a lot of people that I believe have come in the world, got saved, and they had a habit of tobacco, smoking, and things of that nature. And I believe from that point on that the Holy Spirit told them that that was wrong. But they didn't pay any attention to it because their body was so addicted to it. Such a, and they become enslaved to it. And I believe for a long time that the Holy Spirit rebuked them for it. Could you do it today? Could you just pick up and start and think there's nothing wrong with it? Why? Holy Spirit living in you. You said because it's nasty too. Well, that's another thing, but sometimes we can get in some nasty habits, don't pay no attention, drinking liquor. All that is. Nasty. So I'm looking at these things. And uh, little by little, the Lord began to pick them off of me. And some of them was like leeches. I had to pull them off. I had to work hard to do it. It took a lot of grace to do it, right? And I don't understand these, but they're enslaved to that. And it takes a while on it, but I'll tell you, the Bible teaches us, and we'll stay with it, we'll find out that the, the truth will come out on it, and God will take us out from under that stuff. And I do appreciate that he does. And I thank God for it. So it takes a lot of work. Uh, to get to the world God wants us to be, actually. And we have need to work on it. So he said, For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, and, amen, it was very steadfast. Then he says, And every transgression and disobedience, and disobedience and transgression, sin, he says, uh, receiveth, uh, Received a just recompense or reward. God will reward accordingly. And I ain't going to have time to divide that down, but I'll try to on our next lesson. I didn't aim to stay on two verses either. But we've got bogged a little bit, but this is something, stuff we need, what I'm talking about today. These are things that we need to search our hearts for and make sure everything is all right with it. So he's telling us, and I want to throw in verse 3 because it ties with verse 2. He says, how shall we escape? Knowing all what I just talked about this morning, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? That's the problem we're having in America. People neglecting God's salvation. Neglecting it. It's easier to get people to talk about the Lord and talk about the church and talk about the church grounds and talk about the cars and the things going than it is to talk about being born again. We want to neglect that. He said, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him. So it's a, it's a terrible thing. And how are we going to escape if we neglect? If we believe, we receive. But if we neglect, we're rejected. And we'll talk about that next week. We'll get into that. Along verse two and verse three together, and one of the I guess one of the not not the only one, 
But it's one of the great verses of Hebrews that I, I go to all the time. But if we neglect so great salvation, praise God. I, you see what he's saying? Uh, so great salvation. God wants us to see salvation is the most important thing. Hallelujah. I'm glad I'm saved. I'm glad the Lord got a hold of me. We'll explain more about that in just a little bit. I pray that God will have his way. Now let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning that we have a privilege of studying the word of God. Thank you, Lord. It's the book. It was a little kid. Lord, we used to sing it. But as an adult, we sung it. The B-I-B-L-E. It's the book for me. I thank you, Lord, that we can study it. I thank you, Lord, it does its work on our heart. Have your own way in our soul. Touch the remainder of the service. Lord, I pray the Spirit of God work with every single soul here today. And Lord, may something be said, inspired of God enough, Lord, from the Word, that will touch our hearts. And it won't be just sounding brass and tinkling cymbal coming here. And Lord, may we not just go out thinking on physical things and of moral, uh, immoral things, but things of God. May our heart be drawn. May we be touched. May we be squeezed. May your touch be upon this service. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.